0: Welcome back to the show. That's right, the only show brought to you from my car while I'm driving through the great state of Kentucky to get back to my home state of Tennessee on a daily basis. That's right, I work over in the next state. I just stopped and picked up our annual Christmas-slash-Thanksgiving gift, which is a butterball turkey, and... Uh, got that in the back seat and I'm on my way back home. And not to use the word turkey in this movie, but I don't consider this movie a turkey at all. Uh, I think this movie is a lot of fun. Uh, is it misguided? Sure. But it's such a slice of 80s greatness. Uh, you know, you know, I like my, my 80s horror with a little slice of smoked cheese. And, uh, this one's smothered in it, right? What I'm talking about is 1986's Vamp. Uh, (laughs) what's there to say about this one? Uh, it's just disconjointed at times, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you don't know this movie, first off, you've got Grace Jones starring in it, right? If you want to say starring, uh... That's kind of a sordid term for this movie because she's in it. She's top billing. She doesn't have a single line in the whole movie. And I'm going to sound bad for saying this, but of all of her acting that she's done, this is my favorite performance that she's ever done. Not not because she doesn't have any speaking lines. I just think this really works for her. Uh, If you don't know who Grace Jones is, all you ladies out there... You want to talk about an icon for women empowerment. Grace Jones pretty much did it all. There was really nothing that she didn't do in the 80s. She she is such an iconic 80s figure. Such an odd one, too. I mean, she's, she's a model. She did acting. She did music. Uh, and was successful in, in all of them. So, for all of you out there that are complaining about women being held down, I don't know, man. Grace Jones proves you wrong. I say, suck it up. Boom! Grace Jones, there you go. You want some inspiration? Grace Jones is lathered up for you. Uh, we've got Chris McPeace in this too, or Make Peace. Um, from the iconic growing of, growing, you know, growing up movie if you want to call it that The Summerfield Meatballs he's a little Rudy for meatballs but really my favorite movie that uh, that Chris is in hands down is My Bodyguard which all these movies are probably eventually pop up on this show anyways I love My Bodyguard and uh, I love his character in that one he's great in this movie uh, you got Robert Rustler who let's face it He's one of the uh, the John Hughes kids, right? He and uh, Robert Downey Jr. were the the bad kids in Weird Science, right? Uh, you may also recognize this guy from being in the second Nightmare on M Street movie. Uh, this dude got around for a bit. And uh, I just always find him enjoyable in any movie that he's in. And we also got D.D. Pfeiffer in this, which is... Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's little sister. She's great as well. You got Getty uh, Watanabe in this, right? Long Duck Dong. Remember, I just brought up the whole John Hughes thing. And uh, you got Billy Drago. (laughs) If you need a bad guy in an 80s movie, all you had to do was pick up the phone and call Billy Drago, and you had it. He plays the same character in every movie, but he does it so well. And that pretty much rounds out everybody worth talking about in this movie. Uh, the story is super simplistic. Uh, it is so 80s, it's unbelievable. I mean, the storyline is these guys are trying to get into a frat, and in order to do so, they are challenged to get a stripper. <laughs> How eighties can you get, right? So that's kind of what leads, you know, our, our guys to down this path. So uh, they're trying to get into the frat. They go down to a seedy part of town. They run into some hoodlums, which is Billy Drago and his bunch, and uh, trouble ensues. They go to this uh, this strip club to pick up a stripper, which Grace Jones is working at, and obviously she is more than meets the eye. Uh, the great play on words on theirs with the word vamp kind of works both ways but yeah she's a vampire not to mention is she a vampire but pretty much everybody in this town is um, this movie really is if you if you had to put it in in some sort of terms it's it's like if you took a vampire flick and crossed it with a John Hughes flick. Because it has such a weird science kind of vibe to it, it's got a uh, adventures and babysitting vibe to it, all while being set in this underground un- under sea belly, you know, lair that is all these vampires. And what's cool about it is, yeah, they're vampires, but you know they're trying to make a buck, right? They they've got this business and. For all the problems that this movie has, there's some pretty genius ideas that really, I'm going to say, got borrowed from this movie eventually. Um, So yeah, this has a very fun atmosphere to it. Like I said, very much weird science. I even really expected there to be a scene at the bar where they're sitting around just like in weird science. And the guys are just having fun with the the elder gentlemen that are at the club or whatever. It just has that kind of feel to it. Uh, There's some pretty good gore in this. Pretty decent vampire effects that happens. Um, It just kind of gets lost in the shuffle after a while. The movie moves at a neck-breaking speed. I mean, within 20 minutes, you're already at the strip clubs. This thing is flying with everything that's going on. And you basically have our two main characters... And they hook up with, with Duncan, which is Getty of and he's just, you know, he's a meal ticket. He's got the money, he's got the car, but he don't have any friends. So in order to be his friend and to use the stuff that he's got, they be his fin- friend for a week. So he tags along. He's always hilarious. he says a lot of things that are pure 80's gems that obviously you couldn't say nowadays Uh, I I love that he even sings, I'm in the mood for love simply because they're naked (laughs) so uh, I don't know man is this a great movie? No is it a good movie? Sure is it a lot of fun? absolutely Uh, there's a lot of just misdirection that happens. There's the whole mystery of is this stuff really happening? Is it not? You know, do people end up you think getting knocked off and coming back? There's just a lot of fun in this. Uh, My guess is this comes out in 86. So it's one year after Fright Night. I really, really feel like They were trying to cash in on the hit that Fright Night was. It feels pretty obvious. Um, Some ideas seem a little rushed, but overall, the the humor works. Uh, You could take this movie, and Fright Night, and Night of the Creeps, and put them all back to back. And they're real similar as far as how they feel, how they move, and how they entertain. So I think that alone gives this movie credit. For all its weak spots that it's got, it is very entertaining. And it really comes down to our two main characters more than anything else. And again, Billy Drago being Billy Drago. Um, You've got a lot of skin. Again, it's the 80s, right? So you're at a strip club, you're gonna see quite a bit of nudity. But it's not as much as you would think it would be either. Lots of 80s music. You got a lot of interesting lighting decisions. Somebody apparently was a huge Dario Regento fan slash Carpenter slash, I don't know, Michael Mann fan of lighting in this. You get a lot of two-tones that are going on that are pretty neat. They're done really well. So, I kind of have to give credit on that. I, I caught myself not even watching what was going on in the film and watching these lighting setups and being, like, really blown away by how it was done. So, there's really something extra for you there. And like I said, uh, the script just kind of moves along breakneck speed, and there are some loops in it. Not really a problem. If you If you just settle in and enjoy the ride and you like the 80s nostalgia of things, I don't think you can really go wrong with this one. It's a, it's a nice movie to revisit. Is it one I would watch a lot? Probably not. But like I said, if you pull this out and watch it along with Night of the Creeps or something like that, it's going to work perfectly. Uh, you can, Again, you can even watch this with some John Hughes stuff and they blend together very well. Um, you've got... Uh, some pretty awesome uh, last act stuff that happens here too where you you kind of find out that Grace Jones is the culprit of everything here. She's pretty much the queen and everybody has succumbed to her even the little girl that's living out on the street. You know, there's, there's a, a lot of uh, characters that are in this that you're not sure what direction you're going to go, so be ready for anything at any turn, right? I think that makes this kind of fun, too. And not to give anything away, but... (laughs) It ends like you expect an 80s teen movie to end, where after Grace Jones has... Let's just go ahead and say it comes to her end... And she's basically a skeleton laying on the ground. And the skeleton raises the hand like it's going to grab a rail and pick itself back up. And it just shoots our heroes, the bird. (laughs) And dies. That's the kind of movie I'm talking about. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. But it's not too ridiculous. It's not a shark to puss or anything like that, right? Uh, Again, I like I like my movies with a little slice of cheese here and there, and and this is the right amount. Just goofy enough that you have fun with it. There's nothing wrong with having fun with a a, a little scare flick, the roller coaster ride. I think this one delivers. Uh, By by all means, not a perfect movie, but still entertaining enough. I know a lot of people that are really big fans of this flick, and I get it. Uh, Aesthetically, it, it looks really good. And, uh, and again, I really like a lot of the characters in this movie. It's just got a couple of holes in it. You're like, you throw on the brakes and kind of go, uh, what happened here? It gets to where you feel like it's repeating a little bit. But overall, I say give this one a shot. It belongs in your collection if you're a horror fan. I, I don't see how you can be a horror fan and have never seen this movie. Uh... I don't think it's talked about enough. When you go back and revisit it and you see how well a lot of the stuff is executed, it's a pretty, you know, nice little gem of a film here. So, it's a pleasant surprise to revisit. So, give yourself the opportunity, go check it out. It is on Tubi right now, so you can definitely go check it out. And that's it for this episode. Uh, oh, I did want to say. For all the weaknesses, again, I really think the idea of this movie has been borrowed. Uh, there's a there's another movie that follows up with this called Innocent Blood that I'm a really big fan of, too, that I think possibly borrows an idea from this movie. The fact of the vampires are getting rid of the people that nobody's going to miss, right? So it, 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 it's it's a different kind of concept of... They're kind of cleaning the streets, right? So if you're going to get rid of people, get rid of the people that are the bad ones, right? Innocent blood borrows heavily from that. We'll talk about that one too. But I'm also going to say there's a a definite hint of uh, from Dust Till Dawn in this as well. The whole bar scene, the vampires, it, it really, I'm going to say it kind of borrows from it. What say you? You can agree or disagree. Just let me know. But I'm glad that you took the time to check this out. And folks, we will check you out next time. Adios.